Terrific. Hey, it's been a great series, hasn't it? I have, uh, I wondered, 40 days of prayer? <laughs> it's got to be pretty, pretty uh, boring in a way, hasn't it? You know, there's a sense in which for many of us who've been on this journey for a while of following Jesus, prayer sort of, well, we do it. And so we take it for granted. And I think what has happened for me over these 40 days has been a refreshment and above all, a sense of the fatherhood of God. His care for us, his love for us. And it's been great, hasn't it? 40 days, that the plan is over 40 days you will develop a good habit which will sustain us going forward. And I hope that's true for you. But we've come to the end, as it were, uh, even though many of the groups are still working on their, their group work together and many of us are getting close towards finishing our own 40 days of our personal reflections. But what do we do after this? How do we sustain this? And so this morning, we want to take up this issue of how we actually take what we've been learning, now not just apply for 40 days, to apply it to every day. How do I build into my life a pattern of prayer that sustains me in the midst of life? Yes, I love coming together and worshipping. Uh, the, uh, the encouragement you get from great worship music, it just takes us into places where we can worship God in ways that our own limited vocabulary doesn't always help us. Praise God for good songwriters and, and great worship leaders. And we have that privilege in the life of this church. But what about in the ordinariness of life, in the day, the bits and pieces? You know, the mornings and the afternoons, in the evenings, when the fatigue catches us. How do we build prayer into those moments? Well, two ways this morning. We want to look at this two ways that we can pray through the day. One of them is more obvious, and we all do it. And it's the spontaneous prayer in the day, where we just pray. Ephesians 6 and 19 says, pray on every occasion as the Spirit leads. That prompting of the Spirit as, as the day unfolds, as we do things together. Some of them are obvious when we're facing a crisis. Maybe we're just about to go into the doctor's room for an examination, which we just are very fearful about. Lord, just give me courage as I face this. Or maybe it's a situation where, you know, it's been very hard at work and, and Lord, I just need your encouragement. Oh, we're at the, the shopping centre at either Cherrybrook or Castle. Lord, give me a parking place, please. <laughs> Not an uncommon prayer I've discovered for lots of people in the midst of uh, our commercial enterprise and experiences. But there's those moments, aren't there? When I remember once when Marilyn and I were in Indonesia. We were flying inland, a little Cessna. It was our first time inland. We'd left our kids. They were going to be boarded in a boarding uh, facility over the week. We're away. And we're in this plane in the afternoon, which is not the best time to be flying in the highlands because the cloud builds up. Pilot, very exper experienced, lovely fellow, very calm, just what we needed. Except when he said, uh, look, there's a lot of cloud. Can you help me? We're looking for a hole in the cloud so we can get down into the valley. At that point, my spontaneous prayer went kaboom. It was already like that anyway, but this moment, it just bounced. I, I think back on that day in terms of this... Lord, we just need you in this moment. That's spontaneous prayer. And for many of us, it's a lovely opportunity. It's a conversation. It's an ongoing chat with God. And I love what Paul says here, in every occasion, as the Spirit prompts. And that's an important thing for us. Oh, I was just reminded of my friend. And I just, Lord, I just want to pray for him now because I know it's not a good moment for him. 
or even that, that prompting of someone that's, you're not even aware in a way. Lord, I'm not sure what that's about, but I'm going to offer up a prayer just now. Lord, you know what they need, or you know what I need. So that, that spontaneous prayer where the Spirit guides, and it's learning to listen to the prompting of the Spirit, isn't it? Sometimes I've found over the years it's sometimes hard. Is that just my good intent? Or is that just my idea of this, the Spirit? I'm going to trust it's the Spirit. And I'm going to say, Spirit, I'm trusting. This is you prompting me now, so I'm going to act on this prompting, on this urging, of this nudging. Now, it's different for all of us, because the thing I love is that God, as our Creator, made us all differently. And so how I respond and how you respond won't be exactly the same, and that's fine. We just need to learn to live in the sense of how we, how I and the Spirit, we communicate with each other along that way so there's that lovely sense uh, paul of course the great prayer says in 1 thessalonians 5 and 17 never stop praying pray and pray and pray because he had learned that at the core of prayer is a is a relationship with the god who we just sang about this god who knows who's all loving all powerful and so Paul's own experience of his own experience of God through Jesus keeps him in prayer. It's not a distant relationship. It's a very intimate, ongoing relationship. And we all know if our relationships are going to be intimate, we need to keep working on them. It's so easy at times, isn't it, even in our close relationships, to get a bit distant, to withdraw. And so we've got to, Paul's encouraging it, no, don't, don't. Keep on pressing in keep praying so that's the and we do that the one we probably less do because it's not a part of certainly the free church tradition that we're a part of is this idea of the second one which is scheduled prayer scheduled prayer times throughout the day <laughs> the psalmist says in psalm 119 verse 164 seven times a day i praise you <laughs> now seven interesting is a bit of a if you're into numerology in the scripture seven's one of those numbers it's the perfect number but I'm not sure whether that makes it the days perfect, but I'll make them better uh, if we sort of in, in begin this process of thinking about how do we do this. Now, as I said, it's not part of our tradition, although when, having said that, actually we've got a monastic community, a Baptist man, monastic community in Geelong in Victoria. I've had the privilege of being with them on a few occasions, and they go through what's called the Divine Office, and at special times during the day, all activity stops, and you gather in a chapel and you pray. And some of us here from other, other traditions will know that, true. I was interested really recently to hear about John Fay, who was our Premier here in New South Wales when we won the Olympics. And if you remember John Fay, remember that, song, that, that picture of him jumping sort of out of his seat when they said, yes, and it'll be Sydney. And John, John interestingly, was a very strong Catholic. And people made the comment after he died about whenever he was in a meeting and he was in a hard spot, they'd see John Fay go for his rosary beads. Now, I'm not sure what he prayed, at that, but what it was is his sense of saying, God, that's sort of scheduling of God in our days. So I'm saying it's not a normal tradition for us. And some of us will have developed a habit probably in our quiet time in the morning or when we do that, that's when we pray. But here's the suggestion about taking it further. And, and I really love this. This is the work from Rick Warren who did our manual for us. And I like what he says we ought to be doing here with the Lord's Prayer. He said, let's use the Lord's Prayer as a pattern. And he makes a good point. Sometimes we've done it, Sadie. We say the Lord's Prayer. Let's say the Lord's Prayer together. And we wrote it off. We, we don't think about it really. We just get through it. And he says, no, no, no. He says, have a think about it. 
Jesus said, I'll teach you a way to pray. I'll give you a pattern to pray. So let's look at that pattern this morning. So here's the pattern then. In the morning, what are we going to do? Well, we wake up with gratitude. Eyes open. I'm still alive. Yeah, the roof is still over the house. Uh, and really, the truth is, and I say that in a way almost not facetiously, but I'm well aware there are people in our world today who are going to thank God in the mornings, but there's no roof over them and there's no security, and yet they've learnt to trust God and they're thankful for another day, another day. Thank you, Lord. This is the day the Lord has made. So, so the suggestion here that as I begin the day then, I begin with this sense of my Father in heaven. Our Father in heaven, thank you. Thank you for that declaration. Again, the relationship I'm in with you, that you are my Father. And over this course of seven sermons, we've talked somewhat about the nature of the fatherhood of God. And it is such a beautiful picture about the parenting of God for you and me. Our own experiences of parenting by those parents or having been parent is not necessarily wonderful, but yet there are great moments in it. And yet we have this picture of the perfect parenting. Thank you, Father. Thank you as I begin this new day that you are there for me because you are a good God and you're a good Father and you want the best for me. I think that's a lovely thing to begin the day with that. James, James writing in his epistle in 117 says, Every good gift and perfect present comes from your Father of light in heaven. <laughs> My Father in heaven. My Father in heaven. Wow. There's a power in that for us, isn't there? A power in that for us in us as we sometimes don't feel like there's anyone for us. We feel like we've been abandoned. <laughs> and yet I begin the day reminding myself throughout this day, thank you, Father. Thank you, you'll be my Father. Then secondly, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. So somewhere after that, perhaps over breakfast, it's where we come to the point of adoration. <laughs> adoration. Hallowed be your name. Blessed be your name. Revered be your name. You know, it's interesting, the power of names, isn't it? I mean, I don't know about you, but when you come, perhaps when you've been choosing names for your children, there's some, sometimes you go looking for a name which might capture the character. For those of you who don't know, Keith means great wind. And my family enjoy reminding me of that on occasions in different sorts of situations, which we won't delve into today. But that sense of names, names are important. We're going to have a baptismal service in a couple of weeks. That's great. And isn't that, that words about baptism will say, and you're baptised in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Why do we say that? Because we're claiming the power of that name, in a sense. Who is behind this name? Who does this name introduce us to? Just like for you and me, you know, I want to keep my name good. I want to have a good reputation, not a bad reputation. And so we have in the scriptures now over 100 words in the Hebrew and the Greek for God. <laughs> Interesting. Lovely names, actually. Names like Jehovah Jireh, which means I'm your provider. Jehovah Shalom, I'm your peace. Just beautiful words. And of course, that lovely word we've already talked about, Abba, Father. You know, so here's the sense of, 
I'm going to, at this point of breakfast, go, oh, it's a prayer of adoration. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for your wonder. And I must say, sometimes for me, I find in adoration, I haven't got words. <laughs> how, do I, how do I express my adoration for this God who loves me so much that he sent his only son, Jesus, to bring me back, to redeem me? How do, how do I express that? And I think that's a lovely place where we don't need words, you know. Here's the sense of, you know, there's sometimes, a, we talk about the groaning sometimes. We can't put words on it. I just want to sit here for this moment. Father, I want to just adore you and your name. Now, mid-morning, we've got underway. The busyness is in, on top of us, perhaps. And it's like, what exactly am I supposed to be doing right now? You know how we get deflected so much from things? Uh, you know, oh, what was I doing? I walked into that room for what? And now where am I? Well, you know, the trouble with our electronic capacity these days, I'm working hard on something, ding, oh, I've got an email or a message from someone, or I've got to go and look for something. And suddenly I find myself light years away from where I'm supposed to be. I've got to come back. So mid-morning, it's about dedication. Let your kingdom, our Father art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom done, thy will be done. This is about alignment. This is about saying, oh, Lord, I just need to make sure that I'm where I ought to be. I'm, I want to be sure that what I'm presently doing is in line with what I've understood your purpose for me is. I want to be sure, Lord, that at this moment, what I'm doing actually is not contrary <laughs> to our agreed alignment between you and me about who I am as your son, as your daughter. I, I like that sense, isn't I? Of just a, a checking. Um, just a reconfiguring. Am I, am I going the right way? It's almost like, you know, on your navigator, whichever app you use, you know, uh, please return to the route. <laughs> You're in the middle of nowhere, you know, and uh, it's kind of, no, no, do a U-turn as soon as you can kind of thing. Well, you know, sometimes I think that's the value of this prayer. Oh, Lord, where am I? I need to do a U-turn because where I'm heading at the moment is not going to be productive. If you seek first, says Matthew 6.33, if you first seek God's kingdom and his righteousness, all these other things will be given to you as well. <laughs> yep, that's it. In the middle of the day, I'm, I want to just realign. And then at lunch, give us this day our daily bread. <laughs> give us this day our daily bread. Well, what's bread? Well, of course, it's our staple. Well, at least in the parts of the world we're in. There are, other, of course, staples in other parts of the world, sweet potato, rice, other things. But in the context this is written, this is the staple. This is what I need. This is about my needs. This is about petition. I'm going to, uh, this is the point where perhaps over lunch or whatever, I'm going to take a moment just to be saying, Lord, this is what I need. Thank you for my daily bread. And notice it's daily, not monthly, not fortnightly, not annual. <laughs> There's a sense of this is a daily pattern uh, that, I, that I need to be doing. And can I encourage you, even as I say this, we're talking to about pet petition, and for the folk at home, I'm not sure you can see the box, but can I encourage you, before we finish this morning, we're going to pray over all this, but you've got those blue sheets and your pens, could I be encouraging you just to be saying, okay, Lord, prompt me now. 
Who is it that I should be praying for? Who is it? What is it that I need to be praying for me? Because that's what this is about. This is, petition here is about two things. It's about things for me or things for others. It's what I need. <laughs> Paul in Philippians uh, chapter 4 and verse 6 and 7 says, Don't get anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition. Oh, yes. Don't get anxious, but by prayer and petition. This asking, this asking. It's kind of the, the written request. You know, we have petitions go before our parliaments, both state and federal parliaments, about issues. People gather signatures, put in this petition. We're petitioning, we're asking the government to do this or that. That's what this is about. So on this blue, blue, blue paper, Lord, I'm asking. I'm asking for me, I'm asking for him, her, them, us. Lord, I'm asking that you will lead the partial search committee. Lord, I'm asking that you would be with those uh, medical practitioners and researchers who are working to find a safe COVID vaccine. Lord, I'm asking for those people in our society who really don't have the resources, who live in poverty. Lord, I'm asking. What are you asking for? Because Paul says again, uh, this is love. This is, don't get anxious about anything, but instead in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts, your minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God. Lord, this is what I'm asking for. I release it to you now. I'm going to live in a sense of, I know who I'm asking, so I'm going to trust. I'm not going to be anxious. So when I get anxious again, Lord, remind me that I can live in your peace. And then in the afternoon, the day's been wearing on. We've had lots of contact with people. People. <laughs> people. People bring their stress, don't they? <laughs> and for those of us who are engaged in people-focused places of work or just in relationships you know how tiring that be there are those people who are just so encouraging and so good to be with and then there's other group of people and they can tear well they don't tear they they wear you down right so at some stage in the afternoon it's good to just stop and say okay maybe it's a time of confession our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as is in heaven. Give us this daily, bre daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. A place to stop. <laughs> oh Lord, I really mucked that up, didn't I? I really missed that opportunity. I shouldn't have said those things. Uh, I shouldn't have done those things. Lord, give me now the courage to go and say sorry to those people as I confess to you. What's confession mean? Confession just means I agree, in fact. Confession means I'm agreeing with God, what God already knows about me. Isn't that a relief? God already knows I've failed. It's not like I'm saying to God, God, I've got to tell you something and you're going to surprise you and you're going to be really upset with me. God already knows because he's all-knowing. He already knows how I failed there. But he's saying to me, Keith, you need to own that sense of failure. You need to own that failure. And now we need to move on from that failure. So come. Come and agree with me. And then by the prompting of the Spirit, let me lead you forward. And then, of course, there are those others who you just need to forgive. Paul says in Ephesians 4 and 32, 
be kind and tender-hearted to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ in God forgave you. <laughs> yep, yep. There's the other part of this. Of this, it's okay. I now the need to forgive someone. I need to stop it. You know, doctors say <laughs> that the majority of people who presently find themselves in medical care would be released from medical care if they could learn to forgive or accept forgiveness. <laughs> and we know that, don't we? We know for ourselves that so often it's our emotional reality uh, that causes often so much physical pain, so much distress. And here is God saying, I have released you. Jesus has died. Your sin is forgiven. And I've got to say that very determinedly for myself to believe it for myself too. I am forgiven. I am forgiven. And so I can operate out of a forgiveness, forgiven state. And I can be forgiving towards others as well. Martin Luther said, oh sorry I'm jumping ahead. And then the, the next issue is the sixth thing we want to pray for in the late afternoon or into the evening is protection. Ask God to help us make wise decisions. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now, I don't know about you. I, I don't know what... Is there a moment in the day when you're more tempted than others? <laughs> certainly many of us say, certainly evenings, tired, it's been a long day, our internal resources are weak, and sometimes that's when we fall back into some addictions because it's an escape. And, and the addiction becomes an escape for us. In that addiction, uh, we find some relief. But then what you and I both know about whatever our own personal addictions are, it doesn't help. Because then there's the guilt of the addiction. And then it multiplies. <laughs> and so what our prayer is here is, Lord, help me, protect me, keep me from those addictions. And here's the verse, which for me was a verse that has been such an important verse for me. But remember that the temptations that have come into your life are no different from other people's experience. Wow, oh, okay. So it's not just me. I'm just not the one who at this stage of my Christian journey still falls into temptation. There is no perfection this side of Jesus coming again. So I'm going to keep being tempted. <laughs> but, what's the verse going to say? But there's a way out of that, which God has prepared for you and for me. See, Martin Luther said so well, you can't keep the birds from flying over your head, but you can keep them from building nests in your hair. Okay, I'm going to be tempted. I'm going to be tempted. That's just the nature of life. Whether it's what I'm seeing, what I've been reading, what I've been hearing, what I've been doing, I'm going to be confronted with potential to do the thing that I know is wrong, that is against my good, my health and my good well-being, but also against what God wants for me, because he wants the best for me. So, it's going to happen. There's going to be temptation. And I'm going to have to therefore confront it. But God says he'll give me a way out. 
So my prayer has often been, Lord, you know where I am, you know what I'm facing, you know my, my tendency to want to do this, and I know it's not good for me. So, Lord, now give me the way out. I'm looking for the exit sign, Lord. Help me find it. And you know what? Prompting that question means you find the exit. Because what you do, you, you break the pattern that says, oh, I've got no control over this. Oh, well, a little bit more won't hurt. Well, what's it matter? No. And then I break the cycle by saying, Lord, let me find the exit out. Now, I've still got to decide to go out the exit, mind you, but that's our nature, isn't it? There's a willfulness about this. Well, no, it's a spiritual battle, folks, that we're in. And uh, we need to recognise that. So finally then, the end of the day, at last. <laughs> I end my day and I end it with a good word. That's what a benediction means, the benediction. Our Father art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth it is in heaven. Give us this day our land and bread, forgive us our trespasses as they trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thine is the power and the glory. That's a good word to end the day on because it's a statement about who God is, his power, his majesty, his control over the future. See, here's the, the strength of it, isn't it? <laughs> the, the truth, the good word, the benediction, the blessing. God is in control and that's not the end of the story because we know how the story ends. Jesus is coming back. It's going to be a new earth, a new heaven. And we need to hold on to that, you know, because sometimes we so get trapped in our daily routines that we forget that there is. We are just pilgrims, as Peter says, on this journey. This is not our final destination. We're headed for somewhere else, for a better place. Thank you, Father. That's in your control. That's the benediction. So the Lord's Prayer. Well, should I be doing this? Is it helpful, this pattern? Oh, I wish I had time for it, but no, oh, keep. Well, here, let me give you a promise. Look at Proverbs 10 and 27. The fear of the Lord adds length to your day. Well, the Living Bible says reverence for God adds hours to each day. <laughs> so you're saying, well, I'd love to have a pattern like this, but I can't fit it in. Well, in fact, God says, I'll meet you. I'll help you find the time. Now, they don't have to be long prayers. They're moment prayers, perhaps. I'm not suggesting 20 minutes each time or any of that. But it's a pattern. And it might be seven for you. It might be six. It might be three. But it's a pattern of saying, at each part of my day, I'm going to remind myself who God is for me and my relationship with God. Let me pray for us. As I pray this, I just want to remind myself too that while we often know the Lord's Prayer by heart, it's, it's more than that. It's a pattern for us. It's a pattern to pray. Thanksgiving, adoration, dedication, petition, confession, protection, benediction. Our Father who art in heaven, Father, we thank you. You're a good God and I'm grateful, grateful for everything you've done. Hallowed be your name. Oh Lord, I pause just to adore you again. Acknowledge your might, your power, your majesty, creator, Alpha and Omega, Jehovah Jireh. Thank you. Your kingdom come, your will be done. God, I want your plans, your purposes for the world, for my community, for my church and for my life.
I want that to be number one. I don't want to be at cross purposes with you. I want to seek first your purpose and do it, trusting you every day. And I want to say, Lord, give me this day my daily bread, just enough to get me through. Give me strength for the day. Give me wisdom for today. Lord, meet the needs of friends, colleagues and others today. Thank you. Thank you for the gift of forgiveness. I want to confess again right now. Thank you. Thank you. You remove guilt and shame and resentment and bitterness from my life. Lord, help me not to waste energy on those energy drainers. Thank you. And thank you that when I'm tempted, you have promised that you'll always give me an exit, a way out. Thank you for your promise of delivering us from evil. And I want to ask you to help me make wise decisions, not impulsive ones, not dumb ones. So deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Thank you, Father. Thank you, you're in control. Thank you, you're on the throne. Thank you, this... There's victory for all of us, now and forever. Thank you, Father. Amen. As I finish, I meant to mention, uh, just if you have your prayer journal with you, there's a marvellous piece. It's a bonus. There's some lovely bonuses at the back of the book. On page 183, you'll find an excellent seven steps to escape temptation. Don't miss it. It's It's a very practical practical way of dealing with temptation in your life. That's page 183 in your manuals.